0: I want to say to those in our community, thank you for joining in. And we are here for you the best way that we can be. Please stay connected to us on social media through these videos. We want to be a blessing and be a help any way that we can, and we cannot wait to be able to get around people again because that's what we're here for. That's our whole purpose. I want to take a moment today before I go into any kind of preaching or the word of the Lord, and I want us to pray for all of those on the front lines, every person on the front line who's working hard out there. We've got a lady in our church right now that's going to about to be uh, handling people with the coronavirus, and. Uh, she's actually working in home health care. They're having to put people over to her. And so I want us to pray for every person on the front line, every person in the medical field, every person out there working, our police, uh, all of our first responders, all of our uh, firemen, all of our government officials. There's so many people that they're at risk, and we want the Lord to touch right now. And I know there may be someone you know that's out there right now, someone that's affected by this virus. I want us to take a moment right now, wherever you are, wherever you're watching from, And I want us to pray in the name of Jesus that God would begin to touch right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we come before you, Lord, and we pray a covering. A safety net over everyone over every one of the people that are out there making contact God keep them safe protect them in the name of Jesus God every firefighter and police and government official and medical medical staff member, I pray a covering over them right now Jesus bless them God God help them God we know you're gonna do it we thank you God for their service we thank you God for every military personnel that's hard at work we pray your blessings on them right now. And we also pray, Jesus, that you administer and touch every person that we know affected by this. Heal their body. Raise them up right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we declare it, Lord. We declare it. You are the Lord over them. You're the Lord over all the earth. We give you the praise right now, Jesus. And everybody declare in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It's so, so good to be able to come and have worship, even with a few of us today. And right now, this building normally is pretty much full, but right now we've got a few people scattered around that you probably won't see them on the live stream. But I can see them, and they're going to help me out, make it a little easier on me. And I appreciate them for being here today. And we're so glad you're all here. We're so glad. I want you to know that as a church, we're still able to baptize people in Jesus' name. When you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, you're you're easily available to be able to do that. We can do that without 10 people in this building. We can get you baptized in Jesus' name as the scripture says is a part of the plan of salvation. You can repent and be baptized in Jesus' name and this community, we'll line you up. We'll take turns. Make sure you get the Holy Ghost inside of you which is the same spirit that Jesus used to be lifted up off of the off of the earth into heaven. you need that spirit inside of you to live a holy, victorious life. You can have that, and we're here to help you with that. But today, I feel a word today for every person watching, every person that's going to get this video, that you need to get out of the boat, get out of the boat. Why don't you just go ahead and say that, say, get out of the boat. Why don't you go ahead and type that? If you're online, you're streaming, type, get out of the boat and put a big exclamation mark at the end of it. Because I want us to get out of the boat today. I want to take you to Matthew chapter 14, 22 through 29. And this is going to be part one of two parts. So join us next Sunday for the next part. The Bible says immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. And while he sent the multitudes away, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain uh, by himself to pray. And now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to him walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. It's a ghost. They really thought it was a real, live ghost, and they cried out for fear because that's what you do when you see a ghost in a storm. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. Notice they thought it was a ghost by what they saw, but when they heard it speak, it didn't sound like a scary ghost. It sounded like a very good, hopeful voice saying, be of good cheer. It is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, probably assuming if it was Jesus, command me to come to you on the water. Because the ghost was on the water, so he thought maybe I can get on the water. And this ghost, who he thought to be Jesus, says in verse 29, Come. And gave him permission to walk on the water to Jesus. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to to Jesus Christ. An incredible story that I believe that the Holy Ghost has given to me for every one of you today. And I've come to tell you today to get out of the boat. Everybody say, get out of the boat. God bless you. And I want to go now to my main topic today. And I normally right now would say you can be seated, but I think some of you at home are already probably seated. So I'll just go ahead and tell the four people looking at me you can be seated in this room. It was normal to stay in the boat during a storm. It's normal to do that. It's the most logical conclusion when you're in a storm. You don't jump out of a boat. Typically, just because the wind increases and just because uh, you've got some waves, you don't just say, hey, look, a storm's coming. Let's hop out of the boat that was made to float. That's not typically the reaction. The default reaction is the trust, the object that was built to save your life. The boat was a symbol of their comfort, their comfort zone, their normal life. This is just what you do when a storm comes. You just take your chances doing normal things. This is typically what we do when we're in a storm. We we just take our chances. We ride it out. We, we put our hope in something made with man's hands. The biggest problem, though, with trusting in this boat is this boat is not guaranteed. This boat doesn't know it all. This boat doesn't have all the answers. This boat was made with man's hands. It is nothing great, nothing powerful, but so many times we put our trust in things. Things like a boat during our storms. This is a story of God interrupting their normal with a new normal. You say, well, what's normal? Here's what's normal in society. Here's what's normal in our homes, in America, in the world. Normal is being angry. Normal is being bitter. Normal is being jealous. Normal is being broken or mentally unstable. That's normal today. Normal is culturally relevant. Uh, uh, They wear it, we wear it. Uh, They do it, we do it. Uh, They agree, we agree. They disagree, we stop. That's normal. That's what people ride through storms in. They ride through normal comfort zones being like everybody else. But we need to understand that normal will never be the will of God for the people of God. Normal is not what we're called to be. Our hope should never be placed in anything made with man's hands. Our hope should never be placed in anything made by a man. How can we trust our lives to something made by people who make mistakes? We cannot put our faith in something built with man's hands, which is why more than a man was walking on the water to save them. That's the reason why it was more than a man that was coming out on that water that day and he was proving to everybody, I'm more than a man because I'm defying gravity. I'm walking on top of the thing you're afraid of. I'm stepping on it all the way to you. I'm so glad that my God is more than a man. I'm so glad that my God is more than a man. He can walk on top of the thing I'm afraid of. I thank God that I understand him when he walks to me. I'm so glad when I look out there in the middle of a storm I don't understand what I'm seeing because if you can understand it it's something normal it's something made with man's hands it's something everybody else does when they're scared I don't want something I understand when I'm going through the storms of life I want to look out and see something supernatural I want to look out from my boat and see something strange I'm so tired of looking at normal stuff I'm about to sink Somebody throw me something that's not average. And so Jesus shows up, and he's not normal. He's not like other men. He's not like the other things you look to for hope. He's something at first glance that you're confused about. People are like, I just wish I could understand Jesus. Well, you're not going to understand Jesus very well because Jesus is not like a normal man. He's not like a normal solution. He's not a normal answer. Jesus is something strange. Jesus is from another world. Jesus is nothing like us. So please stop saying in the storm of your life, I'm looking for average because Jesus will look strange to you in your storm. So this, this more than a man's walking toward them on the water, and when they saw this figure, they immediately judge it because that's what we do whenever we see something we don't understand. We judge it. We, we size it up. We judge it. And we come up with our own conclusions, which is really interesting that we would come up with our own conclusions whenever we are in the storm of our life and we have no answers. Why in the world would I, having no options, about to die, think I'm smart enough to judge what the ghost is? But too many people think they know who God is in the middle of their storm and they write him off as just a ghost, as just a fairy tale, as just something in my mind, some figment of my imagination. How do we think we are so smart to, to know what's on the water at nighttime walking towards us when we can't even save ourselves? I think it's foolish to judge God prematurely. I think it's foolish to judge your salvation prematurely because your salvation doesn't always look like salvation when it's walking to you. So they judged it, and that's because that's what we do. They judged it because of the way it looked. It's dark, it's raining, and there are waves everywhere, and they could have waited to see. They could have waited to hear what it said, but just like human nature, we approve or we disapprove based on the way it looks. This is what we've always done. This is what we will probably always struggle to fight against. We all we have to think we know it all based on what we see, and we don't give things a chance to hear them out. But I want you to watch this. Jesus was on his way to save them from the storm, but they were afraid of Jesus. You would think that when Jesus arrived in the middle of the storm, you would never be afraid. But I've met a lot of people when I was trying to save them with Jesus who were, were scared of me. No, 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 pastor, you stay back there, preacher. You stay back there. I know I'm in a mess, but I don't want to get close to you. Why are you so afraid when you're sinking? Why are you so afraid when you're trusting in your boat and you barely are staying afloat and you don't know how you're going to make it out and you see something weird walking to you and you say stuff like, I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know what you're all about. I don't understand you. But it's the only hope sometimes you've got. And you need to learn to trust the only short hope that you've got. And that is always going to be Jesus Christ. He's always the only real hope in the storm. He's always the only real thing to look to, when you look around at dark and the waves are there, there's only one walking on the water. There's nobody else. There's no drug. There's no drink. There's no president. When you're in the middle of a storm, you look to the ghost to save you every time. Salvation can look scary. Salvation can look scary. But if you listen to salvation, it sounds amazing. Yeah, it can be really scary when you first walk into church. It can be really scary when you first start hanging around some Christian people. Salvation can look a little like, am I ready for that? But then think about it. What are they saying to you? Because it always sounds better than it looks. Listen to it speak to you. Because salvation sounds like this. Fear not. Salvation sounds like this. Don't you worry. It's going to be all right. I know you're confused about what you see. I know you're scared about your situation. But listen to salvation. Listen to the ghost today. He will say to you, stop being afraid. The voice of salvation always sounds better than the look of salvation. There's hope for you. Everything will work out. Listen to the ghost on this Sunday morning because it will tell you, fear not, that scary, unknown, confusing ghost has a plan for your life and my life. Yeah, this ghost can be trusted. You'd be surprised at the number of people who will never walk on water because they chose to look more than they listened. You'd be surprised at the number of people who will never see the supernatural, never have a miracle never really feel the presence of God, never be able to to have another life beyond this life because they look and they judge more than they hear. And it's a scary thing to think that people are cutting themselves short. I know one time we invited a lady in Dallas to church. We had a Saturday car wash. It was free to the community. And this, this awesome couple, great couple pulls in, new to the area, and they're looking for a church to visit. And uh, they're watching us wash their car, takes 10, 15 minutes, and, and I'm talking to them. I'm the assistant pastor, and I'm trying to get them to come to church. And I never will forget when that lady was looking around at all the people, and we were out there washing cars. We had some ladies out there wearing dresses and skirts, and it's it's 100 degrees, and she was so confused. She figured they'd be in, you know, bathing suits or shorts or something. That's what most people do. And they were she was so confused that when I got done, she she loved us. She loved the church. She was so glad. We were right down the road from house. I said, you ought to come on Sunday. She said, you know what? I, I, I wouldn't mind going, but I don't know um, if, if, if I would be able to fit in there because I don't dress like that. I mean, she, she didn't even give us a chance. She didn't even give us a chance. If she would have come to church, she would have found out there were other people that dressed like her at church. But she, she looked at us and she judged us based on her, our appearance because salvation always looks scary to people. But it sounds so good. She wouldn't even hear us out. She stayed in her boat and she wouldn't give us a chance. But do you know why she she was so worried about what everybody wears to church? Let me tell you all out there why people are worried about, about what people are gonna think about them when they come to church. Her boat was not sinking yet. I said, yet yeah. her boat was not sinking yet. When people's boat is not sinking and they're not in a storm, we just got to face the facts. You will always spend more time. They will always spend more time looking than listening. When people are not going through the storm of their life, they'll always spend more time judging you from afar, looking through a distance, saying, you know what, I don't think they've got it. I don't think there's anything there for me. Because you don't really have a storm in your life. You're not going through anything serious uh, that she won't hear stuff out. You'll prejudge it to scratch that itch uh, and put that justification out there that I won't fit. It's not for me. I can tell you right now, you must not be going through a storm if you're going to judge things from a distance uh, and not let hope and salvation have a word in your life. And that's the reason why this lady didn't want to come to church uh, because everything was good right then. It was a sunny day. It was a beautiful time. Of life. She was not hungry. She was not desperate. Her boat was not rocking. And this is why church leaders in 2020 are tempted to invest more into what people see than in what they hear. I'm gonna have to probably say that again because I got a few amens on the building, which is which is a lot. It's more than 50 percent. Today the temptation is. For us to invest more into what people see than into what they hear. Because we're trying to reach sunny, good day people that don't have problems. We want to fill the church up with healthy people. Wait a second. That sounds like something I read in the Bible one time where Jesus said, the whole need not a physician. Jesus said I have no relevance to people who have no storm. I have no value to someone who has no problem. If you don't need saving I can't be your savior. So you know what? The church needs to put away all the fancy looks and get back to the message and get back to the word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word not the look. Looks don't give you faith. Looks don't give you faith. The word gives you faith. Your church can look ugly and still be great at the same time you don't have to have the prettiest platform the prettiest singers with the straightest teeth stop looking for good-looking churches and go find a church who preaches the Word of God in 2020 yeah as the people of God we have to resist the urge to be more visually attractive to people who are not sinking Every church growth guru I know is putting the most visually stunning people and ideas out front as fast as they can because they don't realize they are changing the bread of life into a cake of confusion. That's what's happening today in our hour. This bread was never supposed to be sweet. It's supposed to satisfy. This bread is not supposed to be something that only lasts for a few minutes and gives you bad side effects. This thing's supposed to sustain you, find you a pastor, find you a church that helps sustain you. Do you you know why it's tempting to give the flock sugar? Because sugar's more addictive than cocaine. But it doesn't help you any, does it? Do you know why it's so tempting for a preacher to get online and preach sugar? Because it doesn't help anybody live this Christian life, but it keeps them coming back. I can keep them coming back to my online view. I can keep them coming back to my social page. I can keep them coming back to pay their tithes and their offering. but I'm not making Christians out of them because the word builds, not the looks, not the sugar. The flour. Is what builds the bones of the church. You know, I was at H-E-B yesterday. I was brave enough to go to H-E-B, brave enough. Think I'm a grown, I'm a grown man. If you go to H-E-B right now, you are real because uh, it's, it's serious in Bastrop right now. I mean, they're still out of toilet paper. I don't know why they're out of toilet paper. But I walked down there, and I was getting stuff, and they were out of eggs. I was so mad, uh, but I was surviving. And so I was walking down the aisle. Uh, and, and guess what I found? Guess what? I, the Holy Ghost gave us a word today at HEB. Here's what I found. I found when I was, was going to get some flour for my wife, I found that all the flour was gone. But guess what, guess what was still in stock? The sugar. Yeah, because during times of pandemic, uh, it's the flour that sustains and not the sugar. And what people are going for in times of emergency and in times of panic uh, is something that will last inside of you, not something that just tastes good for a season. You know what the value of? The church goes up higher when the truth is preached. Uh, the value is actually more expensive in the church. Because during times of the storm, you don't want something to look pretty. You want something that sounds right something that will sustain your spirit. And I've come to tell you at Austin First Church, we value the Word of God over the looks of our church. We'll never apologize for not blowing a bunch of money on making everybody think we're beautiful and pretty. We won't apologize for that. We spend our investment in the Word of God and and living by the Word of God and living by the truth of God because it's the Word of God that saves people, not the looks of the church. It's the Word of God that saves people. Church is only scary to people when their water is all calm around them and their boat is really big. And we need to stop expecting good weather people to want a storm stopping God. We've got to stop that. But let a hurricane roll up on a big old burly man, and that man will start having conversation with a ghost. We all think we're tough until all of a sudden I can't fix my problem. And it will make a grown man, it'll make a man who's been raised on the sea, who's not afraid of anything, who fishes his whole life, start talking to a ghost. Isn't it funny what you do when you're in a storm? Isn't it weird that the links that you go to to be saved when you're scared to death, it'll make a grown man talk to a figment of his imagination? And that's what's happening here in this story. Salvation can look scary. But it will never look worse than the storm that you're in right now. Is church really worse than your situation? You've got to ask yourself that. Well, I don't know if I'm ready for God. and ready for church because I'm in a situation. Yeah, think about that. You're in a situation that's horrible. It's tearing you to pieces. And you're, you're trying to outweigh whether going to church, being around a bunch of friendly people who've got victory and joy and power and anointing. You're trying to weigh out which one's worse. Let's choose church. Let's choose Jesus Christ. Let's choose His plan. He wants to save us, He wants to give us hope. I want every person hearing me to understand something about Jesus Christ. You don't have to understand what you see in order to be saved. So many people wait until they get it all figured out. But by that time, they're sunk. You will never figure him out until you interact and engage with him. And sitting on this side of the storm, refusing to get out of the boat, will never help you understand the ghost. Because to us here at Austin First Church, we know when we first met Jesus, he was just a ghost to us. He was something we didn't understand, something strange, something weird, a little scary to some of us. But today, we know him as the Holy Ghost. See, he's, he's shifted from something strange, something weird, something I don't know if I should engage with, interact with, but we got desperate at Austin First Church. We got desperate one day. And even though we didn't understand him, we still came down to the front at the end of a service, and we lifted up our hands, and we began to be filled with his spirit, and we found out that he actually is as good as he said he was. He may not have been everything I saw at first because it was dark that night. It was scary that day I found Jesus. I was was not in my right mind the day I found Jesus. I can't tell you really what I saw. I can tell you what I heard. And what we go off here in Christianity, what we go off of with our faith, with church, is not what we see. It's what we hear. And that's why the Bible tells us that we are Living epistles, read and known of all men, that the words of Jesus Christ will live on through the church members, that we should tell the story of Jesus Christ, the word of God be manifest. That's the hope of salvation to every one of us, is that you don't have to understand what you see in order to be saved in the storm. So I want to calm your fears right now and tell you, you can be confused and still be on your way out of your situation. There's still things I don't know about God, but I know this. I'm not in the storm anymore. (laughs) There's still some things I don't know about the ghost. I just know now he set me free. He saved me. He put my feet on dry land. He got me out of that mess I was in. All I know about the ghost is he has a word for me to stop being afraid. And I like that kind of a ghost. In my closing today, I just want to tell someone wherever you are, I want to encourage you on this part one of this two-part series. I want to tell somebody right now, I want to challenge you that you need to start to have a conversation with a ghost today. I know to right now some people watching online, you're thinking, man, I don't know much about this figure in the distance. I don't know much about this Jesus that people talk about. He seems like he might be good, but then he might be bad. I don't know how to handle all this. I'm in the coronavirus scare. I'm locked up at home in Travis County. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid. And I see this, this guy on the internet talking about this Jesus. It looks like it's good. It sounds, I don't know, it looks weird. It sounds Good, what should I do? I don't know what to do. I'm gonna encourage you and challenge you today. It's the only option you've got right now, it's the best hope you can find right now. Who else is walking to you in your storm? Who else is trying to come to you where you are? Nobody else can come. You're locked up right now. Only Jesus can walk on top of the thing that you're scared of dying with. Only Jesus, only the ghost is the answer. And so I ask you right now, wherever you are in every home right now, that you need to take a moment uh, and let the ghost begin to talk to you and tell you, don't be afraid, because I know this ghost. I know his voice. This is Jesus Christ. This is Jesus Christ. He's the storm stopper. He's the way maker. He's the peacemaker. Jesus is the ghost that many are afraid of, but nobody should be afraid of Jesus Christ. Nobody. I'm tired of my friends and my family members who don't know Jesus being afraid of him. I know people think he's strange, but he will save you. He will save you. No matter where you are, you just tell him, I want out. I want out. And he will give you the way out of where you're in. Talk to him today and talk to him wherever you are, in the car or in the house. Talk to him right now. you got to talk to him because he wants to come save you. He wants to help you. I challenge you right now to talk to him. I know at first he's just a ghost, but eventually you'll know him as the master, as the Wayne Baker. Please stop judging my God as somebody far who does not care. He can walk on top of what you're scared of right now. That's the kind of God I want to worship. I don't want to worship a God I understand. I don't want to worship a God I know everything about because everyone right now in the world is confused. I don't want another man. Everybody complains about the men. Everybody says the president uh, and this organization and this doctor. No one knows who to trust. No one knows what media to listen to. Whether this news or that news, I've come to tell you there is one not like the others. There is one not like anybody else. There is one that can walk on it and not have to fight through it. We're all seeking together right now, but there is a ghost. And I challenge you right now, I challenge you right now, the Lord sent me to help you to understand this ghost you should not be afraid of because he's trying to tell you, fear not, don't be afraid. I know it's dark, I know it's scary, I know you don't know what to do, but I've come to tell you today, please hear me, that this ghost you can trust. This ghost has a word of peace, a word of joy and faith. If you listen to him, he's calling out right now. He's calling out, he's calling out, fear not, fear not. The message today I've come to bring is one of great hope, fear not fear not i don't know about church my grandma got hurt by a preacher i used to go it didn't work out for me we're not that church stop judging us by our looks we might have a steeple i might have a tie but i'm not the same church that hurt your grandma and hurt your hurt your friends and family that's not us this ghost may look like other ghosts but he is holy oh yeah he might look like the scary type but he's good and he's great and he loves us This ghost will go on to die for you. This ghost will go on to die for you, and he will transfer into the Holy Ghost. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. He's the Holy Ghost that can fill you up right now where you're at. Right now where you are, you can grab a hold of somebody and begin to pray and understand that you might be feeling the turbulence and the rocking of the waves, but there is one walking towards you in the middle of it all. When the preacher can't get to you and the choir can't get to you and nobody can get to you, he can get to you. There is no one in the middle of a storm that can get to you except Jesus Christ. He's the only one. He's the only way. He's the only truth. Oh, God, I pray right now for every home, every family, every random person who joined in the live stream that doesn't even know me or know us at Austin First Church. That we are here, and we look funny, and we look strange, but we have a word of hope and a word of faith. I know we don't look like other people. We don't look like other things you've engaged in, but though you really want something normal, do you really want something that makes sense? Do you really want a church filled with people who never overcame anything? I don't want normal right now. I want something super supernatural. I don't want natural. Storms are natural. Wind is natural. Seeking ships are natural. Scared men are natural. But the ghost, he's got all power over all of these situations. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't want to be another live stream with a cool message. At Austin First Church, I want to be hope. I want to feel my heart. I want to sense the Holy Ghost when I minister. I don't want to just be something I pre-rehearsed, something I talked about, and I made it polished and made it cute. I didn't do it all that way because I want you to feel. I want you to have a word. I'm sweating on my face right now. In the name of Jesus Christ right now, God, minister in this city. Minister of these homes. Minister Jesus. It's okay. The ghost is here. His name is Jesus. Come on, let's pray with our families right now. If you're a member of Austin First Church, gather around and grab a hold of them. pray this is your service right now this is your service this is the time for the Holy Ghost to move this is the time for the windows of heaven to open up